I have three racks of totes. <laughs> Welcome back to Are You Ready for Another? The ongoing conversation about life, beer, and what lies ahead. I am your host, Kevin Murphy. And I'm Michael Moyer. <laughs> did, did you like that, Michael? I didn't yeah. do the I'm Kevin Murphy. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. No, that was good. That was a good. Cut. Okay, good. So I have uh, a St. Patty's Day uh, leftover. Uh, I didn't drink this on the show um, for our St. Patty's Day show, but it is uh, still nonetheless St. Patty's Day themed. It is the Guinness Baltimore Blonde. So this is brewed in Baltimore, and it's just a yellowish blonde ale, really smooth, drinkable beer. Um, I think it is like five. Where's the ABV on it? Uh, I don't have that pulled up, but it's like five something um, ABV. Pretty good. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing really. It's just a, like on the label, it says a crisp golden beer. And I would say that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's funny because I'm, I'm drinking a collaboration between land grant and little fish here in Athens. And it is a pilsner. Um, and Katie and I were talking about this. You can start seeing it. A lot of, a lot of the breweries are, are brewing pilsners now. Okay. It's almost like, you know, they've, they've tapped out all the other things. They're like, let's just go back to the, yeah. <laughs> to the OG roots and, yeah. and do pilsners. Um, I've, I've never been a huge fan of pilsners. Mm-hmm. So I was a little hesitant to buy these, but since it was a collaboration, <clears throat> I like land grant. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Fish and stuff. I was like, okay, I'll try it. Um, I've, I've, I, so I, I bought a six pack, but I've already had like two of these earlier in the week. Okay. I, I really like these, uh, this, this is, and it's funny you brought up the crisp golden ale, right? The description, uh, the first words are this crisp, refreshing Pilsner. (laughs) 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 It's like, if you could just do a Google search on crisp, refreshing, you know, like of beer description, it's probably 80% of it. Uh, It's brewed uh, collaboratively with Ohio Grain, Ohio Blue Corn, Michigan Crystal Hops, and also uh, Kievic Yeast. The resulting beer is a uh, crackery pilsner with floral and slightly spicy hop notes. Okay. Um, I I, I just kind of surprised how much I like this. Like, it is a very easy drinking beer. And the pilsnery stuff that I usually don't like, that Uh kind of... You know, the, the the paps that I don't like uh-huh. in Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah, yeah. It, it's slightly there, but it's not at all overwhelming. Um, it's not like I need to drink 10 of them to get past the flavor, yeah. right? And then just be like, now I love these. <laughs> we'll, we'll be yeah. drinking this one. I'm, I'm right up front. I'm like, yeah, that's got a good flavor. To right, it. right. Um, but what's interesting is <laughs> I was trying to, we you know, I was trying to find the website links for these things. I can't really find it on little fish's website i can't find it on land grant's website huh. but when you search it there's just tons of like press releases and like lots of online articles about this collaboration okay like, yeah like here's one from 614 now and it's just you know this is what i'm going to link to but it's you know the newest brew from land grant brewing comes courtesy of a new collaboration with athens-based little fish According to the release, the two breweries work together to create a Nordic Pilsner. And if they say they call it a Nordic Pilsner. Okay. So, it, you know, Kevin and I always keep track of our beers in our beer list. 
do I write Nordic Pilsner or just mm-hmm. Pilsner? Yeah. Right. Like I, I, I'm just so foreign to Pilsners. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but they, they put it on the can Nordic Pilsner. Right. And in this article, right. it's Nordic Pilsner. <laughs> um, but you know, it's all locally sourced, you know, grains and, and mm-hmm. stuff. So I thought that mm-hmm. was cool, but it is yeah. a limited release. So, um, okay. I bought it as a six pack in a store. So I bet you can go to your store and get it since land grant is the other collaboration. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, um, that little grocery store that I go to, they, they have some little fish bottles. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you should get, just get a six pack. Are you seeing the, yeah, the yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I dig it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to, uh, have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. I feel like in the last week. I've mentioned before, like this show is really the only time that I drink. Uh huh. And in the last week, I think it's just the weather. Turned, yeah. Right. Because <laughs> it shifted. <laughs> yeah. We we we. You know, you can. We're still not trying to eat indoors at places. Right. Um. Katie and I both have our first shot of the vaccine and stuff, mm. but you know, not that that really changes anything for us. Yeah. You know, yeah. Until we're fully vaccinated, but right. But we went we went outdoors to Little Fish to eat because they have an outdoor patio and uh-huh. it's pretty spread out and stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I've been drinking like every night <laughs> in the last week. <laughs> Not like a ton, but it'll be like a beer here. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> a beer there. Um, I can definitely tell I'm out of daily beer intake uh-huh. shape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my body is not agreeing with me from having, and again, it's not like I'm drinking three right or four or five it's just like one or two beers a day uh-huh, as just, uh-huh. yeah i'm like oh yeah okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny another reason we're doing it and it's kind of going to slide into tonight's topic is um we got well i've mentioned we've kind of redone my office and i'm not really redone i just kind of rethought my office mm-hmm. you know got rid of a lot of the cruft got rid of stuff uh-huh um if it wasn't going to be useful for my office um it's gone. Right. Right. Not right. like thrown away, but it's just like, no. Cause I, I, I just, I mean, Kevin knows I had like six floor height speakers that mm. just these massive like home theater speakers that my brother had and he didn't want to take them to his new house. So he's like, you can use them. And <laughs> I, I don't know. Like they sounded amazing, but it's <laughs> just like they, they're, they're so massive. Right. <laughs> and um, unless you have a dedicated like 10 seat home theater, you know, like that's when you want those. Right. Um, I had those, I had just tons of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just like most things, especially when you work from home, the space in your room matters, right? The mm. feng shui, if, if you want to go that way matters, mm. especially like there'll just be little things gnawing at you all day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, clean, clean workspace, clean mind type, type thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, what kind of kicked this off was me rethinking my room and just being like, you know, I just love to, to paint this room. Mm-hmm. Cause like all the white in our house is pretty much just primer. Right. Um, and we've just kind of been okay with it. Right. All right. Let's just yeah. do the white. Right. Uh-huh. You know, there's nothing uh-huh. to it, but you know, primer obviously isn't <laughs> supposed to be the final coat. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's like any scuff, right. Is just there. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. and it's like when the first one happens, you're like, Oh, that's fine. But then they we're we've been here five years. Right. And it's just like, it builds up. Right? Yeah. And so yep. just mm-hmm. needed a little, little, little zhuzh and right. some refresher. <laughs> 
And um, so I rethought this room, my office, and we painted it. And it just kind of like rejuvenated my want to use this office. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how just something as simple as just repainting a room Mm -hmm. just completely like changes your feeling towards it mm-hmm. like it's it's such a little task of just we're changing the color but it, mm-hmm. it's a ama- it i i just find that like psychological mm-hmm. process that happens to you amazing like that's yeah. just so amazing to me that it's the same room it's just a different color but it just yeah. it change it just changes it it's mm-hmm. just amazing i love it yeah and and, and so after because katie painted the room because she likes painting rooms you know she We've had this whole basement that is a walkout basement, mm. and the basement is finished. Um, I would say it's ninety percent finished. There's some exterior closets that still exposed to the outside. Uh-huh. And over over time, I've always been like, "Oh, we need to finish those." But, but the longer I live here, the I kind of like being able to see the foundation, right? Yeah. Like if there's yeah. ever going to be any cracks or anything, and right, it, it, you know, like I'll go with like the hipster Brooklyn. Hey, we need the exposed brick, yeah. <laughs> you know, like type thing. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, we use the closets as real closets that you would use them for and stuff. But, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, um, so over the years I've done little things like there was no baseboard trim or anything. I've added that to the entire basement. Um, and what's funny is I've never kind of finished it, right? It's just sitting against the wall because I've always done two things. One, we're going to paint okay. and two, we're going to redo the floor. Right. Ah, and yep. why would I, why would I like finish right, the baseboard right. and nail it in and you know like fix it if and paint it even mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. um and so it was super nice in this room i just i was able to kind of pull parts off right and in the other room that um katie painted just pulled it all off you know yeah um, when we yeah. eventually redo the floor i'll just it just comes right off you know yeah and, and not not to mention like i remember at our uh, when we bought our first house or the old house, we had uh, repainted all of the trim. Like we painted all of the walls, but we repainted the trim. And I just remember like it was like this itty bitty trim too. It was probably like two inches high. And mm-hmm. I think most trim is like three, three and a half to four, it's you know, five it's, and a half, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was this itty bitty trim. And I just remember like laying on my side on the floor <laughs> with a paintbrush. So the fact that you could just like pull that trim away and you just paint those walls oh, and God. just put, yeah. put the trim right back. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I, uh, it was so nice. Cause when we did the, the larger room behind me, um, I pulled all the trim off in the corner. I still haven't done the entire room trim. Cause I was like, eh, it's not that noticeable until you, it is noticeable. Yeah. Right? Cause yeah. it's just like, Oh yeah. Cause, cause the trim in the house is not, pure white it's kind of more of like an off-white okay uh, with like you know an eggshell white. yeah really yeah eggshell, but but um yeah when, when you have a unpainted white door that they had right uh-huh, with uh-huh. The, their painted trim um and they is the previous owners it, it's very obvious to me um and it's like once you paint a room like that you paint the room but then you see then you're like, oh, wait, that door, you know, like that yeah. door never bothered me too much because it was just like, yeah, this is just a basement, right? Yeah, and now yeah. That, um, so anyways, we got a, a new couch for down here. So we're, we're starting to use the basement a lot more than we ever did before. <coughs> and this is, um, you know, something that I've always liked is 
and and we can kind of group this all into, under the term decoration, a room decoration. Mm-hmm. Um, but rearranging a room, uh-huh. laying out a room, um, anything that goes with that. You know, you you have a limited space, right? And mm-hmm. you want to put X, Y, and Z in it. How do we approach that? And mm-hmm. so I, I kind of wanted to kick off with like, what is your history like growing up with your room? Did you ever have the desire to just you hit you, you're 12 and you're like i want to blow up this room and redo yeah. it or anything like that <laughs> well it, it's funny because my my childhood bedroom was really really tiny um i'm if i could guesstimate the dimensions of it i'm going to say it was probably like seven maybe seven feet by eight feet something like that so you know, not not a whole lot of room to work. And then I had these like massive bunk beds, which like, man, have you ever like seen any modern bunk beds? Because I'm just like, man, those bunk beds that I had as a kid were built like a freaking tank <laughs> and like these like itty bitty, like thin bunk beds. I'm like, <laughs> I want. Well, you can still get them. They'll yeah. just be like three grand or <laughs> right. something, right? Like, right. <laughs> you know. So if, if when, when the kid comes along, if they ever want bunk beds, I'm sure I'll have to be spending three grand because you're going to go to the Amish store and they're yeah. going to be like, yeah, this is. A 500 pound bed, but right. you know, it won't move at all. <laughs> yeah. So, so these, these bunk beds were built like a tank. They were massive pieces of wood. And so you couldn't really rearrange the bed too much in this room. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we could move things from like one side of the room to the other side, but, but as now, far as correct the, me if I'm wrong, but the, like the, the narrow part of the room, you could, you did have the beds against that wall at one point, right? Did it cover that window over there? Yeah. Or? So, so that, so, so there was only one configuration that you could do that did not cover windows. Mm-hmm. And so I had moved it. Uh, a couple times in front of the windows, but it just it just never it was never practical to have it in front of the windows. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like we wouldn't really open the windows too much, but just the fact that like you know if if yeah. you had to like open a window, like if there was a fire, I just thought of that. I was like, man, if there was a fire, I would have been fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I would have been able to jump out. The, I mean, I guess I had the other window, but still, yeah. like you know, <laughs> the the other window would have went to concrete. the 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 one that was blocked would would have went to grass at least. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but yeah, there was only a couple configurations uh, that I could do. However. When my sister moved out of the house and she moved out of the house, I was what? So I'm four years younger. She moved out when I was or when she was like 18. So I was like 12, uh, 14, like 12, like 12, 12, 14, something like that. Um, And uh, so I had taken over her room at that time. So now I had two rooms that I can configure and that opened up a world of possibilities for <laughs> me because I had two rooms to, to play with. I didn't have all my, my shit in one room, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, being the youngest is always the, the plus because when the, the siblings move out, you know, their room becomes available because mm-hmm. the exact same mm-hmm. thing happened with my sister is yeah. Yeah. She moved out. I used to have to have, you know, the the stereo, the the five point one setup, 
<laughs> even though it wasn't 5.1, but you know, the surround sound setup, I used to have to have it in my, my bedroom. My bedroom uh-huh. was multi-purpose, right? Right, right. And um, when she moved out, I was able to then like separate the 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 tasks right the bedroom was just for bed uh-huh. and her room became you know where i my my computer desk was it, it was where the video games were mm-hmm. it's in the future where uh, my band dutch uncle played in that room right <laughs> so because it, it was obviously it needed to be in the room where the computer was because we recorded all the time right and you know i moved that room around so many times mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I remember I would just like have Kevin come over and I'd just be like, hey, you want to come over? Like, I'm just going to clean my room. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't need to really do anything, but I just want to like have someone to talk to. Yeah. While I yeah. Do this. <laughs> it was actually just a ploy. Be like, hey, hey, do you want to come over to help me move shit around? I was like, sure thing, man. I'll help you move but, uh, shit. I've I've always loved. I've I've always felt like I could make the room better right Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean it's always true a lot of times i'll move stuff around and be like no yeah that couch just it it works that's that's just where it's gonna work Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. even though i've i've wanted it this other way or thought about it yeah yeah but i've I've always felt that it slowed as i've gotten older and stuff um i don't change around well other than my office here in this basement i've moved probably like 10 times (laughs) trying Mm -hmm. to get, trying to get the right thing, you know, and and since everybody for the past year with the pandemic, it's like, Oh, we got to worry about working from home and being on camera. And it's like, well, that's been my life for five years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been conscious of the framing of my video and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, uh, uh, just conference calls, et cetera. Uh Uh Um, You know, and everything getting the light, right. The light, (laughs) the light, the correct lighting on my face. You, know, uh-huh. you don't want a big window behind you just shining and all that type of stuff and everything. But um, every time I do it, I feel like it's almost like it's like, ah, I've accomplished something. Even if I haven't really accomplished anything, I just literally moved things. Yeah. From, yeah. <laughs> I've shuffled stuff around. <laughs> now, now do you have like walk me through your process? Because with me, I, am really good at visualization like i can see the stuff before Mm -hmm. it goes there so like i can imagine it being there and 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 so like i almost create the the vision in my head before i actually start moving the furniture but do you is that similar for you or is it just like you just like kind of like uh you try it this way and that doesn't work i I do the same if i if i'm in the space i can visualize it Uh uh-huh and I definitely will just sit there and, I, and I'll be like standing there or sitting and I'll be like, okay, I'm here. I'm looking at it this way. All right. Uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. I'm sitting here and I'm doing that a ton with future house projects that we may or may not do with the outside. I do it right. constantly. Right. I'm just like looking and I'm like the deck could do this and I can just picture it. Right? Yeah. You can just see it. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, the only time I couldn't really do that was when we moved to DC and when we moved to Seattle and when we, when we moved to DC, Katie and I literally picked a weekend that we went to go sign a lease for a place, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. we went apartment shopping one weekend, like, I can't remember how long before, maybe two months before we moved. Okay. And and so we went to five places. We knew the area we wanted to live because my brother lived there and uh-huh. we knew people that lived around there and we liked the area and stuff. So, so we'd already narrowed that down. So that made it a lot easier. Like, nope, we're just going to live in Arlington, Virginia. 
Um, probably around one of these stops, Katie's job was very close. Mine. Mm-hmm. I, oh, no, the other thing, I wanted to be right n- next to a metro. Um, I didn't want to have to like have a long hike to the metro mm-hmm. to get to my work because my right. work was six stops from where we actually ended up picking. But uh huh. Um, and w- we saw, you know, and all those high rise apartments in a place like Ironton are all very similar, right? They're all super. Silly expensive. Yeah. <laughs> they offer pretty much all the same stuff. Yeah. And it, yeah. it just really comes down to like, okay, do we like this room? Do we like this room? And um, I, t- I tried to take as many pictures as I could, right? Like for mm-hmm. each place. Mm-hmm. But even then, I was just like, ah, shoot. Like, it's hard for me to visualize because it's just all white. Like, mm-hmm. it's like all white. Everything <laughs> is just repainted <laughs> white, white, white. Yeah, yeah. And so what I had to do with, with, DC and then same with Seattle is you could get the the um, <clears throat> schematics of the the layout of the okay apartment. yeah and so that I had to do be a little more pragmatic and say this is the furniture we're bringing here's the specs for this mm-hmm. side table mm-hmm. here's the specs for my couch here's the specs for our TV stand right here's the spec blah 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 everything right right and I just <laughs> built square representations of our stands uh you know rectangles of uh-huh. our bed uh-huh. measured out and i literally moved it around in the space to make sure mm-hmm. that it would because remember the couch we had it was that sectional corner sectional and it was yeah. like massive yeah it, it's like the biggest couch i've <laughs> ever still been on and it was a nice it, couch though i it remember really it. was yeah. <laughs> uh, d- d- katie d- better not listen to this because she's still like is mad at me that I made her sell it. Yeah, <laughs> we got four hundred dollars for that couch. In okay, nobody gets four hundred dollars for a yeah, couch anywhere, yeah. right? Yeah, that's I, true. I took it as a win. <laughs> she still, like, anyways. Um, so that couch, I was like, according to my schematics, this will fit in both of our apartments. It fit much better in the Seattle apartment because we actually got a bigger apartment. Right, but right. In DC, it was just like it'll be like here and here and. Yep, that's the only place it's going to be, right? There, mm. There's never going to be any redecorating mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> in uh, rearranging in the D.C. apartment. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we had, it wasn't the smallest apartment, but I think it was 720 square feet is what we had in, in okay. D.C. Okay, okay. Um, you know, which is, you know, you hear horror stories of people in New York having yeah. like 200 square feet. Right, stuff like right. It, it was enough for us, um, you know, now with a kid and stuff, we couldn't do that. But, um, but yeah, that, that was the only time I couldn't like do the really visualization thing. Cause I tried like mm-hmm. as I was there, so I was like, because like for me, I like to just sit in a space or be in a space yeah, for a yeah. bit and just kind of, and I'll talk to myself. Like I'm talking to like an external architect, Michael, mm. <laughs> interior yeah, architect, yeah. Michael being with me. And I'm like, all right, what if we put that here? Right. Uh-huh. I'm sure somebody walked in on me like, oh, Michael's gone crazy. He's talking to himself again. He's visualizing the space. <laughs> I think all great artists talk to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, okay, so, so you were pretty limited in your... You can rearrange stuff when we're young, right? And we're in our parents' house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't really have control over, you know what? I mean, you could repaint and stuff like, you know, but, but yeah. you couldn't just be like, you know what? Screw it. I want to paint this room tomorrow. Right, right. right. So when was the first time that you kind of had that power? Was it when you and Melissa got your first house or um, 
was it when we were living together? like like what you know you kind of had the power just to be like this is my room that I've like from scratch because the other thing when you grow up as a kid you didn't really pick your book bunk beds right yeah yeah you didn't really pick you know a lot your furniture your right, you, you, right. Yeah, you might have asked for it but it was like you weren't coming at it from a blank canvas yeah right? yeah um, um i i had a little little bit of a twinge um kind of in the the later years of living at my parents um i wanted i i really appreciate like the details of a room and i wanted to change all of the um outlet covers and um like great like uh air vent great so i literally like went with my own money like went to Lowe's and bought that stuff and like changed all of that stuff in my room because I just I wanted <laughs> I, I didn't want white like I wanted yeah. at the time I really liked like the brass finish uh-huh. um, and so I like switched everything to brass and now, it, now here's the question are, are those still there the second you moved out your dad's like motherfucker change my um I I think maybe the air vent's still there, but I don't. I don't think the brass the brass mm-hmm. covers are there anymore, which <laughs> which is kind of interesting because they were they were like the 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 brass covers were the expensive covers at Lowe's. They weren't like the ninety nine cent covers. They were like the three dollar and fifty cent covers. Or you know something. what's hilarious is no like Kevin's moving out of his parents' house and your, your dad's like, all right, see ya, and he's like, wait a minute, are those? outlet covers you're like shit yeah these are like three dollars a piece i'm taking these well did you put the old ones on no those are like plastic yeah those are junky plastic i want i want the nice stuff um but yeah so i I had the the a little bit of a twinge uh in the later years of living at my parents but yeah it, it really wasn't until Melissa and I got the the first house that it was like we had like complete creative freedom of like if I want to punch a hole in that wall I can like there, yeah. I have I have no one to report to like well I guess kind of <laughs> Melissa but anyways <laughs> um and they're like oh Melissa that was a load uh bare yeah. wall and <laughs> the house just fell over <laughs> So yeah, it it wasn't until until we had that house that we like I felt like I had more creative uh uh freedom with it. Um yeah. but it was like kind of a double-edged sword because it was also the first time I had creative freedom, but it was also the first time I was like you know, you that if something breaks, it's on you, buddy. You know, mm-hmm. like it was like it, so it was like uh it was stressful. It was it was awesome and stressful at the same exact time. Like you know, like there, because our first house had had big maintenance issues mm-hmm. uh, in the first couple of years we were there, and so it's just like, yeah, it was like, oh, this is awesome, but also, man, how much is that going to cost again? Yeah. Oh, Jesus, two thousand to remove a tree? Okay, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, so. I, I I never realized, like, what am I getting at with that? Um, yeah, you, you learn that about like home ownership and stuff and, you know, it says like, yeah, we got to pay for a new water heater or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. Yeah. And, um, it, you just get used to it. And so when Katie and I had moved to DC and we're going, uh, she had owned her house. She bought her house when she was 23, I think 22 or 23. So she had owned a house for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd been living in her house and then we bought our house. So we had our house for two years. So I'd only been a homeowner like outside of living with Katie, but it was really her house right? Um, for, for like 
let's say five years at that point. And so it was two years of home ownership, but I'd gotten used to like, yep, I'm going to have to fix this. We had to fix the, the attic stairs and stuff, mm-hmm, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I mean, but I still liked it cause I was like, Oh, this is the good attic stairs, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the upgrade from what was built in the house. But man, moving back into an apartment, which is kind of freeing, right? Yeah. Cause it was like, yeah, if there was a crappy door handle that like, I knew was going to break or the hinge was kind of broken and would Uh need to be replaced in Uh six. I just didn't care. Yeah. I was just like, it's not my problem. (laughs) Like I can call (laughs) maintenance to, you know, and they'll fix it. But it's like, I I just, things that I would fret over in owning a house uh, that would get to me. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, these two door handles are different materials. Why did they choose the fake copper? And then Mm -hmm. this one's the fake Mm -hmm. brass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a in a rental i just i was just like whatever <laughs> right like right, it was just right. like, it was kind of this just freeing uh, you know like <laughs> ah, I, don't, I don't care because you know I, I don't own it yeah um, yeah as much as i like i don't i wouldn't say i love doing yard work but it is kind of a good uh meditative experience for uh-huh, me right uh-huh. like i can just do it it, it is somewhat exercise for me right right um it was nice not having to worry about that shit at all, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> an apartment yeah. complex, and they were because it, it was so expensive. It was like they hired the the, the top of the line companies uh-huh, to, to, uh-huh. to keep it all super nice. So all the grass was like, you know, it was like I was like, yeah, this is this must be what like being rich is. Like if you owned a house and you paid people to just come, keep yeah, your, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and if if you don't like it, you're just like ah, you you end up being one of those people, you know, like <laughs> ah, I don't like it. Um, Melissa Melissa had an uncle that was living in uh uh like at a condo complex, mm-hmm. and like part of the the like HOA is like they they don't have big yards, but they have they they have like a lawn care people that mm-hmm. take care of it. And so, yeah, the, it, it wasn't him. It was like a neighbor. It, it wasn't her uncle, but, um, uh, the, the guy didn't like what the HOA lawn people were doing. So he hired a separate lawn people to take care of the yard that was already being taken care of by the HOA people. <laughs> so oh he was like, get, he was like paying like double for he sounds for, like somebody that needs to be on the board of the hoa yeah. to, to enact some change <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> but it's just like can you imagine it's like you're already paying for lawn care but you're paying a separate company because you don't like the first company that you're already paying for <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> uh, i yeah i get it though mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i i'm glad i was able to watch i'm sure if i was in a place for five years six years um little things would start to get to me more mm. and I'd probably start complaining. Well, I know. Yeah. I'd yeah. Um, the older I get, I just become an old and I like, get off my lawn. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yelling at, uh, what yelling at uh, birds in my, in my tree. Yeah. yeah my tree bird. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm sure if I, I stayed at the place, like the place yeah. we, we lived in, in Seattle is, um, there's an episode of South park. Um, called uh soto sopa <laughs> and it, it is a complete satire and mockery of what's happening in a lot of cities where a poor part of the city or not even necessarily poor but like working class people were able to live in this part of the city for the last 50 years mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. the fishermen they're the workers etc everything 
but then hipsters come in and then that's when the money comes in. So somebody's mm-hmm. house they might have bought for a hundred thousand dollars in the eighties, right? Um, all of a sudden their house is worth a million dollars. Uh, sounds great, right? Except property tax goes up every time your house value goes up, right? So these people that have owned this house, they start being able to un- not be able to afford their property tax on a house that they own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so when you have a developer coming in and say, hey, I'll buy your house for a million dollars, right? Like, ugh, shit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you bought a house for 100000 Somebody comes in and says they want to give you a million for it. it it's got to be hard not to say no. So anyways, what happens, a uh, developer buys the house, tears that house down, builds a f- the like peak of in Seattle has height restrictions on okay. all the buildings. Yeah. Uh, you can have five stories. But like how they get around having like six stories is hilarious. They'll be like, well, it kind of like it's kind of a sub story and then it goes up. And so like, there's all these like, and they look nice, right? It's not uh-huh. like just a, a, a shithole apartment complex. It's like a fancy one. And then you have these people with money come in um, and they called them uh, Amazon yuppies. Cause Amazon was just like everybody, everybody assumed if you moved to Seattle, you're working. Yeah. For Amazon yeah. Cause Amazon was just hiring so right. many people. And so I constantly got asked, are you, are you working for Amazon? I'm like, no. And, and um. Um, so you come in and you have money and you're spending all this money a month. And so there's this, this dichotomy of like people that are spending way too much on these renter or uh-huh, this rental. Uh-huh. Right. And then like a block away, you have a, a, a family that's lived in that house for mm-hmm, 40 mm-hmm. years. Right. And they hate the new people coming in. It's obviously bringing in the good stuff, right? It's bringing in money and all that stuff, but it's also eventually they're going to have to get kicked out, not get kicked out, but they're going to have to move. Cause it's just, it doesn't, they can't afford it anymore. They used to go to gyms across the street to yeah, get a beer yeah. for a dollar. Now beer is mm-hmm, $9 mm-hmm. at gyms. <laughs> right. Press, right. All right. You know? And so anyways, this, this episode of South park called Soto Sopa is literally where Katie and I live in Seattle. It, it is you, like, I was like, when I, I saw it, I had to show Katie. I was just like, <laughs> The laughs at Soto Sopa. And it's like, come, come to the laughs at Soto Sopa. Not only do you get the majestic views of the river to the right, but to the left, you get the, um, you know, the, the working class man. And it like shows the, 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 the homeless village that's next door. But that's like the selling point for so- Soto Sopa because it's, I don't know. It's do, amazing. Do, do you know what season that's in? Uh, that episode? Uh, let's see. It was season 19. And it was featured in the episode "The City okay. Part of Town." I'll have I'll have to watch that because uh, we have HBO yeah. Max, which has all the the South Park episodes. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Soto Sopa, and they have a commercial that's like used as real people. And I was just like, I, I made Katie watch it because I was just like, she hates South Park, but I was like, you have to. This is literally where we live right now. <laughs> um. And everything they say about it is literally like it's satire. Yeah, it's the yeah. perfect kind of satire, right? It is. It is. There's so much truth, uh, right? In that satire right. Of yeah. That video and stuff. <laughs> but um, you know, and that's what's nice about like then moving back into your own house is well, it was a double edged sword. It was nice because it's like mm-hmm, yeah, we have our mm-hmm. own house again. We have mm-hmm. all this room, and then we're like, oh crap, we mm-hmm. have all this room. And you know, I've joked in the past that because we didn't have furniture for like a month and a half. We just bought all the chairs that we could when we moved back. Yeah, like, look yeah. Look at that chair. Look at that. Even chairs that we didn't really like. I mean, we liked them, but it was just like that's kind of cool. And it's we're not talking like 
we're going to a fancy chair store. No, we're like at like new yeah, yeah. or restore place. And we see a chair that's like this office chair uh-huh. from the sixties. And it's like, yeah, the kids, you know, and so our basement just started getting <laughs> filled with chairs. <laughs> <laughs> just filled with chairs. <laughs> so finally, after however many years we've been here, we're taking a step back and we're saying, okay, each room, what do we mm-hmm. want this room mm-hmm. to do? Yeah, like <laughs> we have the luxury of saying like we have uh-huh, extra uh-huh. room, right? It's just so we have these rooms and it's just like, let's just rethink it. Um, will the current stuff work? Because then we also have not only the crap all we bought, but we also have this like um, push from my parents of all the stuff that they've yeah, collected yeah. over the years, you know, and it's like, this is your great mm-hmm, aunt so-and-so's mm-hmm. and this is so-and-so's and it's like, well, I want to keep it, but it also doesn't really work in certain mm-hmm. parts of the house. I'm not just going to keep it and put it somewhere. Right? It has to yeah, find a yeah. space for it. So, so like I'm constantly thinking right. like, okay, well that's, yeah, here, I, here. I always, um, I always like using it. the, the term, like, where does this item live? I always like to say like, where does it live? You know, because you got to like think about that stuff. But, but yeah, I, I completely agree. We've, we've gotten so much stuff uh, passed down from, you know, both Melissa's grandmothers that had passed away, um, you know, her parents had downsized um, her, Melissa's um, uh, mom's uncle uh, had passed away and he had a lot of like really cool things, you know. So like we've accumulated all of this stuff and like some of the stuff, it literally is is stuff that we're, we're not going to use, but we're we're going to hang on to it. But but I want to have like our totes like really organized where if we want to be like, oh, hey, remember that thing? Like we could immediately go get it. Like it's not like, oh, remember that thing that we had? And so like I've like this is an ongoing project, but I have like literally <laughs> keep on organizing and organizing the the totes and all the to- Kevin, I, I want. A, a bell whenever Kevin mentions his totes because we've talked about those totes a lot. Kevin Kevin I, is very I into have, his organization I of have his totes. three racks of totes. <laughs> <laughs> three racks of totes. And they're 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 almost all organized. Like I have them labeled on the outside. So if we say we want to look at wedding stuff Shake it bam. We pull out the wedding tote, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> I think on that. Yeah. Are you ready for another? <laughs> Kevin, my next beer is a Jackie O's Fission Fusion. It's a double India pale ale. It is a hazy double India pale ale with Galaxy Nelson Sauvin and Citra. Um, 9% ABV. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what what is um uh, what's that word i'm looking for um i don't taste the nine percent mm, yeah uh, it, it's like yeah hidden. yeah um and and so it, it would be one of those kind of dangerous beers where i'm just like oh just it tastes mm-hmm. good it's a nice yeah. kind of citrusy uh, uh, ipa and then it's just like oh right shit. right I just drank four of those and i'm i'm feeling yeah. pretty good and stuff <laughs> um <laughs> I, 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 I dig it though. It's, 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 
it's difficult because I, I kind of feel like I want us to do another epic taste yeah. test with different styles. Right, right. Right. We did the IPA. I want to do all hazy yeah. IPAs. Yeah. Yeah. Or New uh-huh, England uh-huh. IPA. You know, like I want to do stouts. Right. I want to do stouts would be yeah. dangerous. Would be like, <laughs> we would have to just yeah, do we, sips. We, we would have to keep to the, to the two ounce <laughs> tasters or something. <laughs> yeah. We, we would, we would have to have like, eight of us to yeah. split one bottle just so we're making sure uh, yeah i don't think we could do 20 stouts and right stand, so. <laughs> what is your next um beer? so my next beer uh i've never had this one before i've i've drank this brewery before uh many times because it's right here in my backyard uh called zaftig brewery um, and it looks like they recently gone through a uh, re like a rebranding, um, like with their logos and stuff. I'm I'm really liking their their new logos. But uh, uh, I saw this on the shelf, and I was just like, I gotta get it. It's called Slopes. <laughs> Ski of the, the Slopes. So that's a little uh, a throwback to uh, I had this uh, dance move when I was really feeling it uh, with with the drinks that I would like pretend like I was skiing like down my slopes. So um, I yeah, I just had to get it. But anyways, it is a five point five percent ABV. It's an IPA and it's actually the hops that they're using in, in it. Um, I don't run across these too often. Uh let me see. Is it more of a citrus crisp IPA with yeah tropical tropical citrus? Yeah, it it whatever hops they're using, I I like it. It's not too over overpowering, but uh, on the side of the can it says, uh, "Let's hit the slopes." This light crisp IPA with bright tropical and citrus notes and a hint of pine. That's it. It's the pine that I'm tasting. Uh, will get you get you in the zone to shred the mountain or relax in the lodge. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's that, it's that pine because I remember I had like a white pine or a white IPA. Um, and it, it, it's a similar flavor to that, to that white IPA. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, last week, we discussed. We had a challenge for the first time in how many episodes? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we should do an update because I, I hear you have an update. Is I gave you a yearly yeah, challenge, yeah, and that was to to run a marathon. Right. Um, and I, I hear you you may or may not run. Uh, I I actually have more than once. So I oh. I took the initiative and I bought new running shoes. Um, online, I, I, I rolled the dice with it because I, I, I said, I said, I know I really like Mizunos. I've had great luck with them before. So I'm just going to buy these Mizunos, but you know, they're, um, um, stability shoes. Cause that's like what I usually need for over pronation. Um, and that's like mm-hmm. when your, your heels like roll to the inside as you like strike down, mm-hmm. um, so anyways, I, I bought them and I was like kind of worried that it was not going to be, but anyways, they ended up being great. So I have these new running shoes. So, so, so did you actually need new running shoes or was it more, I, 
I need to get back into and I need something to juice me up and new running shoes. I, I actually I actually did need new running shoes. Um, the the previous ones I had before, which were Asics, um, I bought way back in the day, which it, man, it feels like it was like a thousand years ago is when I went to Nashville uh, and and uh, down in the um, um Oh, I can't think of the hotel, the giant biodome of a hotel. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, there, yeah. There's several Ga- Gaylord, the right? In, the yeah, Gaylord. Gaylord, yeah. Um, so it's like stupidly large yeah. for some reason because they wanted to be yeah. a tourist. So, anyways, <laughs> the, my running shoes had plenty of miles on them. They were actually kind of like worn on the bottom a little bit. So, I, I mean, you know that's up up to debate but still i was just like that will kick me into gear like i'm buying these you know running shoes and and so i've gone out i've ran 10 miles on them so far so i've done a 5k each time um you know so just so how did how did it feel you know like you just Went, jumped right I, I, back ju- into I jumped, I jumped right back into it, which I know is not a smart thing to do, but I also have been running enough that I know my body. And if there was an ever a time that I thought I couldn't do it, I would stop. Um, yeah. And there was never a time where I felt like I was pushing myself too hard or I was like going to injure myself. So I just, I just kind of slow and steady the whole way. So I was like super sore uh, the the first day, um, and then and then the next day, and then so like I and then I ran again, and I it was a little bit better, and then I ran again, and it was a little bit better. So it's I nice. it, yeah it's it's going good, and you know what? It feels fucking amazing to be back out there, like especially with this nice weather. You know, like it's just it's it's nice. It's it. It's nice. so good for mental health and just being out there and, you know, just running. And so anyways, I don't know if I'll make a marathon this year, but, I, you know, one step at a time. So um, I'm nice. at least I'm, I'm back cool. out there. So better make a marathon this year. That's your challenge. <laughs> you said you needed six. Yeah, months. that's true. <laughs> you started right, in March. Right. So. <laughs> All right. So on to the actual challenge from last week. Um, we are going to attempt to watch the Fast and the Furious movie franchise, movie cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> the F and F. F and F cinematic. CU. <laughs> um, and j- just if people that missed the previous show, Kevin has only seen the second one. I've only seen the first two with like splashes of yeah, the third yeah. one in the background. So... Um, Let's just give a, just a little rundown. This came out in 2001, starring Paul mm-hmm. Walker, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster. A very, I would say, um, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this kind of kicked off a lot of high-octane movie yeah. similar in yeah. style around no, this I, time like did like, i completely you know. agree i it, like it's kind of cool to think that one movie like triggered this whole 
like kind of genre of of movies you know it's like i mean there was there was other mo- there was other movies like you had like gone in 60 seconds and you had like the italian job and stuff but you never really had this kind of like cinemat like the the way they did some of the cinematography with like you know blurring mm-hmm. you know like blurring the 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 lens to make it look like they're going super yeah. fast and yeah. and yeah yeah yeah, so what did, what did you think of it since you you've never seen it? Um you know what this is one of those movies that I've never seen but I've there's it's just so ingrained in like the pop culture now mm-hmm. that it didn't seem like I hadn't seen it, you know. Like I I I like cars. I there's so many quotes from that movies that have been, been just like you know, said and reset and retweet, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it, like I felt like I had already seen it before. Um, just mm-hmm. with like clips and stuff, you know, the, the, the final, the final, I call it the battle at the end, you know, when it, when it's, uh, the, kind of the, mm-hmm. the, the protagonist and the villain, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, yeah. uh, you know, like, yeah, the, the racing. And so like, I've seen, yeah. I've seen, so you've seen, yeah, all I've that seen stuff, that stuff yeah. before. So, um yeah so so but did, did you like yeah it? i did actually i did yeah, yeah. It, it it i it I, brought yeah. back nostalgic <laughs> feels a little bit i i was surprised at how watchable it is um not to say that i yeah, loved yeah. it but like it it took itself so seriously uh-huh. Uh-huh. right like i feel like even the sequel is like hey wink wink we know we're just gonna have ridiculous right, cars right. and like hot chicks and hot <laughs> dudes right like they did that definitely in this but like when vin diesel is talking about his dad dying mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Paul, like they are like not winking at the camera at all right they're right that. they're like they're like this is a serious movie you know it, and it's almost like um the movie really wanted to be this kind of cop uh, very similar to um point break with um keanu reeves Mm-hmm. and um uh shoot uh, uh patrick mm-hmm. swayze like i i don't know if there's any connection between those two movies but it feels yeah, very similar yeah. right you have this undercover right, cop right like infiltrate you know this underground blah blah uh-huh. blah uh-huh. who are just they were just surfers man you know but they have this like side okay. gig of stealing yeah, yeah. shit and stuff um and so it's like it, it's weird the seriousness of it, like the the scenes with the FBI and his uh, the, the uh-huh, boss or uh-huh. whatever. Like, like if you want to become a detective, you know, you got to do right, that, right. Know, like, um, but the, the 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 big thing because I, I have a lot of notes, so okay. I'll go through them. But before I go into that, one thing I actually really liked, and I know they threw this out the window, but the use of CGI was only for like zooming into the mm-hmm. engine. Or like doing weird camera yeah, tricks, yeah. right around the car, but like especially that last scene that you were talking about with uh, what, what what's the black car that um, Dom, who's Vin Diesel's character, drives? It's like a '67 yeah. Chevelle or something, right? That's souped yeah. up or something. I don't I, know. What I think it is, it's like a, a it, Chevelle or um, yeah, it's some GM. It's a GM um, car. I can't believe I don't know it because I used to know it. But anyways, uh, it's a 19, according to Google, I don't know, maybe they've, it's a 1970 Dodge Charger. Charger. Okay. Um, but, uh, 
you know, so it's the, the very end of the movie, you know, Dom, who's Vin Diesel's mm-hmm. character, is in, in this Dodge Charger that is dead, souped up, like, it's got 15,000 horsepower or mm-hmm. whatever. And, stuff. and um, Paul Walker's got Toyota his, Supra. Toyota Supra. Yeah. That whole scene, I, I, the, one, you can tell there's no CGI. Yeah. In that. Because it looks real. Today, they'd probably CGI right, a ton of stuff right, and CGI the background right. and do all this stuff. But that whole scene was done it, right, real. Right. Right. And the, the very first scene was like when they're racing, the backgrounds and stuff are CGI and stuff, but they're not like doing like weird stunts mm-hmm. and stuff and like, oh, yep, that's a CGI car. So I really appreciate that. I was like, man, this is definitely a product yeah, of this yeah. time. Because I think even in the sequel, I think. They've got some CGI cars right. doing some like yeah, crazy yeah. stuff. Because they're like, why not do stunts? <laughs> with um, so I, I really like that about it. Um, I, I have some problems with the... No, oh, sorry, I, go I was going to say, in, in, that, in that final scene, when Dom's car flips, if you watch that scene again, you can actually see the stuntman. If you pay attention, you can see the stuntman mm-hmm. in that car because he has a hel- he has a helmet on. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I, awesome. I picked up on that when I when I watched the the car flip yeah. and stuff like that. And, and you know what? I, that's that stuff is uh-huh. fun to me. I'd rather see a stuntman that doesn't look like Vin Diesel wearing a helmet than like some weird mm-hmm. CGI mm-hmm. thing, right? Because it almost adds to the realism. A lot of the things with the latest Mission Impossible movies that makes them so amazing is because you know Tom Cruise is doing ah, that stunt okay. for real, right? Yeah, like it yeah. adds to the, like you're like, holy shit. So when you're watching the scene, unlike the Marvel movies where it's just like, eh, it's guys flying around, there's no stakes, yeah, whatever. Yeah. The whole, but when you see Tom Cruise literally hanging outside a plane, you know he did that yeah. in real life because they all the marketing materials like, hey, look what crazy Tom Cruise is doing on the right, side of a plane right. this time, right? And so when you're watching <laughs> the movie, you're like, holy shit! You really feel the yeah the, the thing of it. So like seeing like those little mm-hmm. mistakes, uh-huh. if you want to call them that, I enjoy more than um, you know, yeah, all CGI yeah, and yeah. Stuff. And, because <laughs> speaking of like stunt drivers. So, so the whole premise of the movie is it's street racing, right? Illegal mm-hmm, street racing. Mm-hmm. But then on the side, this uh, cop played by Paul Walker has infiltrated the street racing and he's trying to find out who these three Honda Sip, super souped up Honda Civics that are hijacking Panasonic. Um, <laughs> Pan- Panasonic. Yeah, they're, they're hijacking. Yeah, uh, uh, TV, uh, DVD yeah. combos and uh, DVD, pl- right? right? Like, because that's where right. all the money is. And and it's it's a giant task force, right? It, it's the the LAPD, it's the 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 state troopers, and it's the uh, uh-huh, FBI's uh-huh. and all of this, yeah. right? And they're trying to find out who this is. Um, two things about this is one, the FBI agent like makes several comments that he can't keep holding the truckers back. Right. Like the, the truckers are going to take matters into their mm-hmm, own hands. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was hilarious because one, what trucker and you know, I want your dad to answer this. Like when he worked for his company, if three Honda civics were like yeah, hijacking yeah. him, would your dad be like, oh, I've got my shotgun and I'm going to protect these DVDs in the back? Or would he be just like, fuck it, I don't care yeah, about yeah. this stuff? Well, right? Like, well, it's uh, a, a little <laughs> a side story with that. My dad actually got 
uh, hijacked and, and he can tell the story when he's on. Oh shit. Um, but yeah, it was, that was his mentality. He was just like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to defend this shit. This isn't my shit, well, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm just like, why the fuck risk your yeah. life? There's a lot of like, you have to suspend your disbelief with the truckers. Like, why is the truck still driving? Right. Like, why does it yeah, just stop? Slam on like, the brakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it wouldn't work because right, you need a high right. space or a high speed uh, right, chase with right. a, a semi. So. Um, but the other thing with the with the stunt guy, back to the stunt guy thing, is like the first scene, like when they're shooting these grappling hooks into the front of mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. like you're watching if you watch you're not supposed to be watching the truck driver but that's the stuff i'm watching he's just like you can tell he's the stunt driver because he's just he's literally trying to keep the truck yeah straight, yeah right <laughs> while they do this like very dangerous <laughs> grappling because they did yeah, it in yeah. person right or uh-huh. they did it real and so he's just like he's not reacting at all and then once the the, the it is safe that's when he's like oh shit like you know like, <laughs> and it, it was that was really funny but um i i it is like a ridiculously stupid fun movie in the likes of like Point Break and even Gone uh-huh, in 60 Seconds, uh-huh. right? Like all those type of, it's just, it's fun. There's lots of um, cool stunts and stuff. And that's where I feel since this kind of kicked off a lot of that high octane mm-hmm. stuff, this is where um, I don't like this stuff. And I, I wrote okay. a lot of it. So... <clears throat> The, the the first 15 minutes, they just throw lots of stuff out. And I kind of like it because you feel like if you're into cars and you're into all that stuff, you, mm-hmm. you know it, right? And I kind of want like to, the, the, like some of the things, like you'll run nines. Oh, um, you know, I need NOS, uh, the, the, the NIRA circuit. You know, they're saying all these things, but they don't mm-hmm. explain them, right? It's just supposed to be like world building. Like, hey, we're in this world of you know, putting NOS in our car and, you know, like doing all this stuff and, you know, you're just supposed to yeah, know like, yeah. that's, that's something right. powerful. You can't do two tanks and dust. You're going to blow, you know, like they just throw shit out there, not expecting people that aren't in the cars to know. It's just, nope, this stuff makes these cars. Right. Fast. Right. Um, so I like that, but <laughs> the first part that I didn't like, and this is where the CGI came in is the first race with Paul Walker and Vin mm-hmm. Diesel Ja Rule is in it. I don't know who the fourth, fourth person was. Monica. <laughs> Monica. Yes, Ja Rule is like promised sex with, I'm assuming his and girlfriend. And then another girl. And another girl, Monica. Right. Yeah, she's like, you can have me if you, even if you lose, but you can have me and her if you win. Like, they're just showing the ridiculousness of these races. And then when he loses, he just yells, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I had to calculate this. And so um, uh, dinner tonight, I was like, Katie, do you, you know, like I have this equation. I know how I'd figure it out. But like, is there any like trick to figure this out easier than what I would do? Um, so the race with Paul Walker from when they hit go to when they end okay. the race is two minutes almost okay. exactly. Okay. Two minutes long. Um. Now, I'm not accounting for them getting up to speed, right? Zero to 60 or anything. I'm just saying the speed they were showing on the speedometer was around 150 mm-hmm. miles an hour, mm-hmm. 140 to 150. So let's just round it up to 150. So if they're going 150 miles an hour, they went five miles <laughs> in those two minutes. <laughs> and, and that is one long ass street race 
in LA or right, wherever they're right. at, right? Like a five mile <laughs> street race. And with, with lines of people, there was lines of people all the way down and stuff. I was like, that is one long, uh, I don't know street races. Do they do a quarter mile? Do they do, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. But I thought that was yeah, kind of yeah. funny. Um, and, uh, so when they say you'll run mm-hmm. nines, what is, what is that? So that, mean? that means if you're running a quarter mile, which a quarter mile is the the standard different uh uh distance for drag racing saying you're you'll run nine you'll run that quarter mile in nine seconds so so yeah nice. when they say you'll run nines that means you'll you'll run that quarter mile in a nine seconds and so they say it a lot you you owe me a 10 mm. second car. That means yeah. a quarter mile. It'll right? run. So, so saying you're going to go nine seconds and a quarter mile is a very yes, fast very car. fast car. Yeah. Is that still yeah. true today? I, in yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think the, the, you know, I don't know, like supercars and, 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 um, what they call them, like ultra cars and stuff. They'll, they'll do like sevens and eights and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, you know, your, your high octane, like purpose built dragsters, they'll, they'll run like, <laughs> you know, which are running like 3000 horsepower, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll run down mm-hmm. in the, the fives, but mm-hmm. still it's a, a nine second car is a really fast car, <laughs> but I'm sure actually, uh, I'm sure the hundred D Tesla runs nines. I think it does actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the stuff like that. Um, there is one joke in the beginning, and I swear it has to be a vagina joke. And it's when Paul Walker is going to see Jordana Brewster mm-hmm. at her workshop, and he's like, "How's the mm-hmm. tuna?" And she's like, "Same as it was last week, disgusting yeah, or yeah. something." And he's like, "I'll have the yeah. tuna or something." I'm just like, "That's such a weird like late nineties, yeah. two thousand. It's got to <laughs> be." <laughs> Uh, because then the next guy comes and he's like, the tuna sucks. Or, like, everybody knows about the tuna. Yeah, they just keep yeah. mentioning tuna. And I'm like, that is way too many times tuna's been mentioned. <laughs> I never a- made that connection. But, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. that has to be it. Um, the other thing when I was watching it, Vince, the kind of, like, best friend of Vin Diesel's character. But he's, like, the asshole mm, to, to yeah, Paul yeah. Walker. I was like, he looks so familiar. And I was like, what is he from? And um, so I looked him up and he's just been always an asshole in a lot of stuff. He was in the original Blade in 1998. And I think that's where I saw him. He was in Blade okay. 2. He's in the Transporter. Like from 98 to like 2002, he was just like, we need yeah. a dick, <laughs> right? That's like in good shape and stuff. Um, so that was definitely where he was from. I like the diversity of this movie is like awesome for a 2001 movie, right? Like, you know, like everybody's still in their cliques. You, you have like mm-hmm. Latinos, you have like the, the Asian kids, you have everybody else and stuff. And then Paul Walker like comes in and they're, you know, they're talking about him being white boy and stuff. But I love is when they're on the line, <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, hilarious. So everybody's like, you know, jaw rules doing his thing with his Monica girlfriend. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, Vin Diesel's talking to Michelle Rodriguez and Paul Walker's getting his like computers ready and stuff and everything. And it cuts to like the Asian kid and he's playing PlayStation one yeah. in his car, like before yeah. the race. And he's just like, I got to get it. And I was like, uh, did you recognize what game yeah. it was? I'm assuming it was like, Grand no, Theft Auto it, it was grand. Or, or it not grand, grand Theft Auto, Turismo. Grand Turismo yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it was Gran Turismo. I think it was the second one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so now we're getting into the fun part of what I wanted to talk okay. about. So this line stood out to me and I was like, this has to be a line that people still mm-hmm. talk about. Uh, but uh, Paul Walker earns the respect of Vin Diesel and Vin Diesel goes that has a party at his house post this race and Vin Diesel's all pissed off at all his crew, right? Because mm-hmm. they left him because mm-hmm. these cops right, showed up right. and stuff. <laughs> and so Vin Diesel takes a beer from Vince, his like best friend since he was like insane right, grade, right. but who's like an asshole, but still his best friend. And gives it to Paul Walker and says, you can have any beer you want as long as it's yeah. Corona. <laughs> I, yeah, I picked up on that as well. Because I almost um, wanted to do Corona. <laughs> so, you know, what's hilarious is I, I searched that line because I was like, that's a ridiculous yeah. line. And this is the glory. As much as the Internet, I think, has fucked our world yeah. a lot in the last uh-huh. years. This right here makes up for it in my mind. Um, This post on Reddit is just amazing. The Fast and the Furious movies that feature Corona being consumed average $250 million domestically and have a 63% combined Rotten Tomatoes score. The Fast movies that don't feature Corona average only $163 million domestically and have a 57% Rotten Tomato score. So if the movie features Corona in some way, they make more money compared to when they don't feature that Corona. That is as crazy. <laughs> and he breaks it down. He's like, um, and then he says, you can have a, any beer you want as long as it's Corona. And he says, with these beautiful words, the Fast and the Furious announced its glorious partnership with Corona. And I love how serious this guy's yeah, taking. Yeah. He's just like, I am digging into the stats on this. So here are the numbers. And he breaks down each movie. The spoilers for the next movies, Kevin, I guess, if we're going to see Corona or not. Uh, the Fast and the Furious, the 12 bottles were opened and consumed, but never finished. Several empty bottles in the first movie. In the second movie, mm. zero Corona bottles. Third movie, zero. Fast and the Furious, <clears throat> the okay. fourth movie, six bottles. <laughs> Fast five, zero. Fast and the Furious six, there was uh, 10 bottles laying around but not drink. And then Furious seven, there was four bottles in a bucket. And so here are the facts. <laughs> <laughs> the beer is only consumed when the gang is in California. Okay. The only time anybody other than Dom drinks Corona is when they are with Dom. Uh-huh, so Dom uh-huh. is the, the linchpin for the Corona. No Corona is ever finished on screen. And then number four, the fact is some people don't know how to drink beer because they always yeah. never finish a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy's mad that they don't finish it either. Uh, so I'm going to link to this because this is hilarious. Um, you know, <laughs> he's just like, it's all about Corona. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Um, but it, I, I came across that. And I just thought that was fucking hilarious that somebody's like, wait a minute. There's got to, there's, there's some Corona life equation uh, for Fast and the Furious movies. Um, if I was a studio executive and I was like, I really want to make sure Fast and the Furious 9 does well, I would, I would definitely throw yeah, lots of yeah. Corona in there, you know, <laughs> um, which, which ties into, I did notice like the ridiculous amounts of product placement, like uh-huh, Pizza Hut. Uh-huh. Uh, there's the number of car parts, 
um, that just like the number of times you, you see stuff in the background, it's just you, you, you right, know, right. That people are like, we're, we're getting in this movie, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, which I, I will say, I, I oh, do, I do, um, know this from like previous knowledge, but the, the Pizza Hut driver, that was the director. That was the director making a cameo because he was just oh, like, that's awesome. Damn street racers or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, and one of the things I looked up because I wasn't sure what it was is the the two two Jay Z. Yeah, engine. the two Jay Z. Because uh, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, when he brought brings it up, and so there is a you know, it was that in the mm-hmm. super or something. Um, but I've got an article linked to why it's such yeah. a good engine, and even to this day, this was twenty uh, June of twenty twenty. Um, it, it's still a yeah. sought after engine. Yeah, people so. <laughs> people pay big money for two JZs, and they'll they'll engine swap cars that weren't even like they'll they'll put a two JZ in like a I don't know like a, a something that was not a Toyota, you know, like it just they 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 want it for drifting. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love that. And so there's a lot of little um, like offhand comments that I was just like, I want to look up, you know, because it it seems like they I would love to know the data. I because I know when my brother left the movie because he saw it in the movie theater, he was just like, oh, because he had a 99 SI, right? right? And I know he wanted to like that's that even though he had already done some Uh stuff to uh it. He wanted to do more yeah, stuff yeah. to it, you know, like, <laughs> and so I'd love to see like if there was a spike in sales oh, or I'm, whatever. I'm sure there was. I, I, I honestly feel like this movie was very much so an inflection point for car culture. Um, these brands like being like more mainstream, you know, because you hear a lot with uh, you, you'll hear a lot of uh, JDM which stands for uh, Japanese domestic market. So a lot of these companies were just part of the JD, uh, JDM market, but all of a sudden you have all these people around the world wanting the 2JZ or the uh, mm-hmm. a, a Pexi, you know, um, exhaust or something like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure there, it was like a, like if you could quantify it, uh, there was probably a big, big spike after this. I mean, yeah, oh, I bet. Yeah. So what's funny is my, my history with this was like, Oh, that looks like a dumb mm. movie. Right. Um, and I know Adam saw it and he liked it. Um, you know, um, and then our friend, good friend of the show, Tori, his roommate, um, would like illegally obtain movies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't name his name, <laughs> but he would like burn them, burn them on CD DVDs. No, like you probably could burn DVDs back then, but it would be so ridiculous yeah, expensive yeah. to buy a DVD burner at that time. Um, so CD burners were readily available, but they were still kind of expensive. Like I, I got my pioneer CD burner, which was like a four speed burner or something in 99 and it was several hundred dollars. Like, cause I wanted to burn CDs for the band and stuff. And so a DVD burner, you could get a DVD reader. I remember I got the first DVD I ever watched was the mm-hmm. X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. I got that and I had it in my computer. That's how I watched DVDs was on my <laughs> computer screen. 
Uh, but I didn't have a DVD burner for a long time, probably before my first mm-hmm. Mac or something, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, so he would burn these video CDs, and he burnt <laughs> the Fast and the Furious <laughs> on his video CD. Um, so, you know, DVD was 480p, so that this was probably two four. It was probably even less quality than that, and it was compressed, and it was probably filmed on a hand cam, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. something in the back of a theater. Yeah, yeah. And we watched. We we watched. I'm pretty sure Tori was there. Tori got it right, and, and remember, I th- I'm pretty sure it was you, me, your roommate, the, the aforementioned. Um, movie thief (laughs) and, and maybe Dustin and our, our friend Joe. And we sat and watched it on Joe's like little 17 inch monitor. Uh Right. Um, I don't know why we sat and watched it. Like, cause he would be like, I got this movie. I got this movie. I got the, I I don't know why of all the movies we chose this (laughs) one to watch. Um, (laughs) But we did, and I remember not like hating it, but not. I was just kind yeah, of indifferent. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, yeah. okay, that was a, right. a thing. And it probably wasn't until years later that I like rewatched it again on TV. I was like, actually, no, that's kind of yeah, fun. yeah, right. It's not. <laughs> yeah, I I will say that for being twenty, holy shit, twenty years old, twenty year old mm-hmm. movie, I think it still holds up really well. Like I I think it's not. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some things that are kind of corny, you know, but it's like if you kind of just take it for face value, I think it's still mm-hmm. like the acting. It's not great, but it's not bad. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the the yeah, cinematography, no, it's, it's yeah. not great, but but it's also just a product of its time, you know, so it's like. Yeah, it's product of its time. And even though that last scene, even though it's that drag race, I still that was a good action yeah. set piece yeah and you can tell that's why they saved it for the end right because i don't know I, I wouldn't want them to change anything about mm-hmm. it today because they'd yeah, add cgi yeah. crap to it right right like it's like we're gonna outrun a train and that's like oh shit we made it and then oh no here comes a semi and then we're gonna have the mm-hmm. car flip right mm-hmm. like it, it was it was a cool scene and um like that intro scene where he's drag racing and there's all the cgi that's mm-hmm. horrible right it's like so dated and it's like all those movies that came after what they took away what made fast and the furious they took that mm-hmm. away from it right instead of the last yeah scene, yeah right they they took the oh make everything cgi and like we'll go through the engine right, come out right. the flames will be mm-hmm, going and stuff mm-hmm. right they, they took the wrong half of the movie to to to, to yeah steal yeah right but, <laughs> but um <laughs> I, I, um, uh, my, my, like, it, it's a silly movie and I, I got to give it its silliness, but I, I've got to complain about the story a little bit now. So the story is Paul Walker's character, Brian, um, is an undercover mm-hmm. cop, right? Um, he infiltrates Dom's team, but literally nothing shows that Dom is the ultimate bad guy yeah. at all, right? Like, there's no... He doesn't see hints of DVD players in the uh-huh. house. He uh-huh. doesn't see... It, it's just the cops keep telling him that Dom, 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 right? They go to the... Uh, shoot, I don't know what their gang's name is, but the, like, the, the train? Yeah, train yeah. Or whatever, yeah. you know? Um, they literally... Their place is littered with pa- yeah, cars, yeah. but with uh-huh. no engines, um panasonic dvds everything was panasonic (laughs) (laughs) and the cops arrest them and they're like oh we don't we can't get him for anything i was like well what about the thousand dvd players you don't did they just happen to buy all the you know like 
Um, and then all of a sudden, it's just like their friend Jesse, I think that uh-huh. was his name, uh, bets his car. And it gets very emotional because, you know, if he loses his car, his it's his dad's right, car. Right, right. And you think that's going to be like the next emotional thing. But no, Dom and his team just disappear to go do this heist for yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because it's at night and then it's day the next day. And then when when that heist goes south... They all end up back at the house, or Dom does. Dom's back uh-huh. at the house, and and Paul Walker's like, "We got to talk about this." And at this point, Paul Walker has been revealed to be a cop, right? And Dom's like, "I got to help Jesse." Like he's like really hell bent yeah. on helping Jesse, <laughs> even though he just wasted eight hours <laughs> stealing, doing this heist. stealing, yeah. And then Jesse just happens to show up right at that moment, and be like, I, "I fucked up, man. I'm sorry." And Dom's just like, "I love you, man." And then. And then the Tran gang comes and, and kills yeah, Jesse yeah, or shoots Jesse. Yeah. And actually, we don't know what happens to Jesse, right? Because they don't cut back. To, we just forget about yeah. Jesse and the girlfriend and stuff. It's just Dom and Paul Walker. Like that literal like 10 minute sequence just is like, wait, what? Like, why did you even need the Jesse part? I think it's just because they wanted the they wanted a conclusion with the, the gang, right? That shot up mm-hmm, Paul Walker's mm-hmm. car earlier. Um, they needed some confrontation. They needed they needed Dom because Dom's the whole shtick is he doesn't he he like beat this guy almost right, to death right right and all the cops are like he's a bad guy he beat this guy and then you find out why because this guy like killed his dad or whatever. Um, so I, I get it. They wanted Dom to be able to to snap right like you hurt someone in his quote yeah, unquote, family yeah. friends. Um, but I, I just it just felt weird. It was like. Oh yeah, we just fucked up that whole heist. Um, uh, my my best friend from second grade is in the hospital somewhere, dying. But now I'm gonna worry about <laughs> Jesse. It was just it was a it was a weird yeah, thing yeah. to me. That I was just like it was just it was just too convenient. Like they could have just done it a little right, differently right. and stuff. But yeah, but that I'm that's that's me nitpicking. It's not like I'm expecting this to be entertaining yeah. or anything, you know. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm you heard it here. Folks. I'm actually excited because since I haven't seen past the second one, um I'm just I'm excited like like where's the turning point of like okay, we're just like this like local like where does it happen? Is it the third one? Is it the fourth one, you know? Like I can't I can't I, wait. I, I'm pretty sure I'll just I'll, I'll I think I'll spoil it. I think it's the, the fourth, fourth one. one. Cuz I have not seen anything at all past okay. the third one and, the, and for my recollection the third one is very much a similar vein yeah, of yeah. the first yeah two movies and then the fourth one i think they got laser beams and you know like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, i don't they don't do that but it's just like i do think that is the movie where the, it, it, i think the fourth one came out and it just made like half a yeah, million dollars yeah. or something right and it was just like oh shit we got ourselves a mm-hmm. franchise boys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i'm, I'm kind of i'm kind of uh you know excited to see where this i uh, know i am goes. too i am too <laughs> all right kevin um so that's fast and the furious anything else you want to talk about I, with it? yeah i don't think so i i think uh okay. i think i'm ready for too fast too furious which i've seen <laughs> multiple times but I will gladly <laughs> watch just... it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have better context because you just yeah, watched. Yeah, that is one, true. Right? That so, is true. Which yeah. I I will appreciate the the cliffhanger 
uh, of Fast and the Furious because the mm-hmm. the cliffhanger, you know, he the the protagonist lets the the villain go and then he just kind of walks off, you know. So you don't know if the protagonist is is he a good guy or a bad guy, you know. So I kind of appreciate that like kind of cliffhanger a little bit. Mm-hmm. Leave you hanging what more. Yep, definitely. All right, Kevin. I feel like you got to take us out on some music this okay. week. Okay. Um I, my friend, I went down this rabbit hole, Michael, of a gen- a genre that I didn't even know existed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of electro swing? Uh, I, I'm just okay. going to say no. So I... It's two words I've heard of, and I'm probably like, yeah, right. but then I'm like, no, I think I just combined them. So I went down this rabbit hole of finding electro swing, which I didn't know it existed. <laughs> um, so the song I'm going to feature tonight is uh, Hit the Road Jack, uh, and it's Wolfgang uh, Lore, uh, L-O-H-R, um, and it's featuring Masquerade. So that's the song I'm I'm going to feature, and it's it's a song that you know, but it's just funny how they take like these old timey like 1920s swing, uh, music mm-hmm. you know music, and they they turn it into, you know, like a, electro beats <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, anyways, it's it's fun. It's a song you know, but it's a, a twist. It's a twist on a song you know. There. <laughs> I'll put it at that. Dream is so mean, you're the meanest old woman I'll ever see. I guess if you say so, I'll have to pack my things and go. Get the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Get the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. What you say? Get the road, Jack. And don't you come back. Don't you treat me this way Cause I'll be back on my feet someday I don't care if you do it Sundance dude You ain't got no money I get the knock I don't care if you do it Sundance dude You ain't got no money I get the knock I guess if you say so I pack up my things and go Hit the road Jack Don't you come back no more No more no more no more Hit the road Jack Don't you come back no more What you say Hit the road Jack Don't you come back no more Woman, don't you treat me this some way Cause I'll be back on my feet someday I don't care if you do it, send it to you And get the money and just another Just for you, 
Kevin. All right, you ready for another? Oh, yeah. 